Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. Sponsored by Tech Help Boston. First of all, thank you for listening. I really mean it. And thank you for telling your friends about this podcast series. Someone was asking me how I find the women we profile on the show, and the answer is they are not hard to find. They're your mother, your sister, your neighbor, your coworker, your best friend, and they have a lot in common. They're all doing great things with their lives, not just for themselves, but for others. They are exceptional. Today's story is about two sisters who idolized their grandmother, and they learned so much from her about fashion and style and grace and artistic vision, they created a fashionable jewelry and accessories company with a boutique feel, and they named it after her. Isabel Harvey, Alexis and Kimberly Kassam. Welcome to the story behind her success. Thank you for having us, yes, Candy. Thank this you. is a real honor to be here it's today. It's so yes. nice to have you guys in the studio. I've been to your store. Can't wait to talk about it. But let's jump into Candio's lightning round. We're going to do five questions, your five short answers. You can fight over who's going to answer if you want to. It's quick and easy, and it's a way for our listeners to get to know you. Is your phone attached to you at all times, or is it stuffed in your purse? Stuffed in my purse. Attached. Holiday you look forward to the most? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. All right. <laughs> Ditto that. Okay. There's an old worn-out t-shirt in your drawer, and it says? It says Nantucket on it. Absolutely. Nantucket. <laughs> yes, I actually have more than just one. I have a stack. Yeah. A piece of jewelry you could never part with. Oh, okay, God. Like, all of it. Hoop earrings for me. Hoop earrings. Yeah, hoop earrings. Do you have a mantra or a favorite expression? Something that you live by? Good question. And I would have to say, be kind. I'm going to answer for my sister, Alexis. Be sparkly. Oh, yes. Be sparkly, of course. <laughs> yes, our tagline. We live by it. There's a cool glimpse inside your personality. So let's dive into the rest of the story. You have two stores, both in Massachusetts, Wellesley and Nantucket. Take our listeners for a virtual walk through your store. Describe what you sell and this cool boutique vibe that you've established. We've created a store that we hope is very open and friendly and warm. We tried to create a beach feeling and theme to it so that most of it is, you know, whitewashed floor and white walls, but with sparkly jewelry and colorful pieces and really interesting home goods and gift items, bright colored scarves. It really is a place that we want people to feel like they're walking into a ray of sunshine. One of the things that's so important for Alexis and I is that when we walk into the store, we want to feel sparkly and we want to feel warm and we want to make sure there's something for everyone there. So if you like big earrings, small earrings, cashmere, cottons, expensive jewelry, inexpensive jewelry, we want to make sure that we can offer that to our customers that come in. You know, I love this sparkle and shine idea that you're talking about, and I know it's part of your tagline. I have a sign in my office that says, don't ever let anyone take your sparkle away. <laughs> I should bring it to you guys so yes. you can put it on your wall. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the fact that you grew up in Wellesley, and that's where your store is. You were established there in 2005. Take us back to that day when you opened up the doors of your Wellesley store. Mm, well, it was a long road to that. Mm -hmm. Alexis and I were both in corporate America for years. We were at my mother's house for dinner probably that night. And Alexis said, I think I want to quit my job and start something else. 
And I said, well, whatever you do, just count me in. I'm just in. I'm in no matter what. She said, how about I start a skirt company? I like skirts. I wear them and I'm going to learn how to sew. I said, great. And let's just say my mother is one of these mothers who, if I saw a skirt somewhere, might say, oh, you can make that. Oh, you can do that. Whatever it is, we could do it. And I'm not sure if she just didn't want to buy it for me or if she really believed that I could possibly make a skirt or yeah. make um, whatever it is that I was interested in. You know what um, it sounds like to me is that she was empowering you from the time yes. you were young girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes. Always. There was a lot of that. And I'm going to bring up the story. You know, our, our father passed away when we were young. We were probably four and ten. Suddenly, our mother was a young mother at the time, and she had these three daughters to raise, and she, I think, felt very unprepared. And I think that was one of our earliest lessons, and she prepared herself. From that moment on, she studied, she read. She, If she didn't know how to do something, she read about it, she looked it up, she researched it, and she encouraged us to do the same. So mm-hmm. I think growing up, we saw that part of her that was mm-hmm. very independent, that was very knowledge-seeking. It showed us sort of how the world should be. You know, we didn't rely on somebody else or something else. Mm -hmm. How to stand on your own two feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was right. When we came to the kitchen table with this idea, it was really Alexis's idea. I really just wrote her coattails. For the nanosecond until it became both of us. (laughs) And then it was a lot of hard work (laughs) right up until the day. So we said, hey, mom, listen, you know, this is what we're thinking. We're going to leave corporate America during, what was it, 2009, when the world was crashing around us, she said, huh, hmm, okay, let's talk about it. So we really went through the pros and the cons and what's the worst that could happen? What's the best that could happen? We couldn't imagine the best because it just was unbelievable. It was a tough time in the United States. 2008, 2009, Mm -hmm. I mean, people Mm -hmm. are not even looking at their 401ks because they've mm-hmm. lost everything overnight, practically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. right? So we were vi- we tried to be very strategic about it. The one nice thing that came out of it is that because so many businesses were going out of business, because people were trying to sell their merchandise because they couldn't sell it because people were not buying. Every third retail space was vacant, maybe every other. There were loads of opportunities in that way that we had sort of our pick of the litter when it came to mm-hmm. to real estate. And people took a chance on us. They never would have taken a chance on us if it wasn't for this recession. So even finding a, a retail space, mm-hmm. they wouldn't, people wouldn't do a month to month. They would make you sign a 10-year lease. Mm-hmm. You'd be committed. You'd have to throw all this money down. You mm-hmm. know, we did a month to month. They did the renovations. That doesn't happen. You know, they wanted to fill the spaces. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted. And we wanted to have a chance to start a store, you know, and we didn't want to go all in necessarily. (laughs) You named your line of jewelry after your grandmother, Isabel Harvey. And I'm really curious to know more about her because I'm already intrigued by your mom. Mm -hmm. Can you describe her to us? And did she have a career in fashion? She probably could have. She was also another strong female influence in our lives. She was the grandmother of three grandchildren. And then my cousin, who was also a little baby girl, she made sure that we knew our manners. She was very strict with us, Mm -hmm. that we took the steps to be outgoing and shake people's hands. And you don't have to be shy. She gave us a lot of good confidence and lessons in how to be strong. She was certainly beautiful on the outside, but she also had the very proud confidence. She wore the beautiful ruffle on the shirt and the the earrings and the hat and everything, you know, Mm -hmm. and she, she had a great presence. And it was, you know, something we grew up with. So, you know, it's interesting because my mom was a, a buyer for Lord and & Taylor and 
Saks Fifth Avenue. She was raised in New York City and she would never walk down Park Avenue or Fifth Avenue without her gloves on. She was very much like you've just described, where you should be able to have a conversation and answer questions if you're asked and know how to shake somebody's hand and what's proper to wear at a certain time of the day. But there's also a little bit of a burden with that when you're a child. It's like, oh, my God, can't I just be me? Right. <laughs> right. But our grandparents have such an effect on us. And mm-hmm. it's a different relationship, isn't it, from our parents mm-hmm. because they swoop in and then they swoop out. Right. So what was it like when she was around? She spoiled us. Um, I remember her giving us lots of candy. I remember having candy. And, oh, she used to make the best butter and toast with sprinkled oh, sugar yes. on it. Oh, oh my God. yeah. You remember like the- that like it was <laughs> yeah, yesterday, yeah. right? Yeah. You got that faraway look in your eye, Kimberly, yeah, yeah. when you were talking. <laughs> what was her lesson to you both, though, as you think back on it? And I know you've tried to integrate so much of her personality into what you do. She taught us that every woman should express her own style through beautiful, fun, and unique accessories. What did she teach you? I think part of it, outside of the details of fashion, it was this dream big. It was kind of this, do what your heart is telling you to do. Don't be afraid. Be confident. It's like the shake the hand and look them in the eye and and feel confident about what you're doing. Even if you don't feel confident, just fake it a little bit. And then maybe your confidence will catch up. And put your best foot forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Did she ever get a chance to see your stores? She did not. No, No. she didn't. (laughs) What would she say right now? Oh, she'd be very, very, very happy. Very happy. Very proud. Very proud. As a matter of fact, the sales team at the store, if anything wonky happens, like the lights flicker or something falls off the shelf, the staff always says, oh, that's Isabel Harvey. She's here right now. <laughs> She's here with us. Yeah. Said, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. How? That's cool. <laughs> I cool. also read that your grandmother had an intuition about what worked and what didn't. You call this style intuition, and I wonder if you can explain that. With our customers that come in, if they're looking for a dress and they want to dress it with jewelry or wraps or cashmere, it's not so much of what looks good. Lots of things look good. It's that feeling that you get when you put something on. It's that inner feeling that makes everything look good. Just feels good, then it's going to look good. We don't ever want anyone to leave the store not feeling good. And that good feeling also goes from like how people look all the way to how their experience was. Did they have a nice time? Did they have a nice interaction? Did they like the display? You know, we Mm -hmm. want everybody to feel better when they leave than when they came in. You know, I've always wanted to ask this question, and as creators and retailers, I think you guys are the perfect two to ask. Do you observe a person's mannerisms, body language, sort of the way they walk through your store so that you can kind of tell how engaged they are and what this is going to feel like when you Uh do talk to them? Absolutely. You can tell a lot about someone's mood or interest or personality just by the way that they walk, by the pace. Are they on a mission? You know, sometimes people walk in really fast and they just need to find what they're looking for. Some people want to try everything on. They want to have a good time. They want an experience. We try to read people as best we can and give them what they want. I'm looking at the list. I see necklaces and earrings and bracelets and rings. I see handbags. I see all sorts of accessories. I remember when I was in the store, you had these beautiful, brightly colored wraps, which you guys are wearing right now. This cashmere is just Gorgeous. And I know my daughter brought, remember she bought that fuchsia one? <laughs> yes. And as soon as she put it on, she was like, oh, this yeah. is what I want, right? Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah. Why Nantucket? I mean, first of all, it's a magical island, but it ain't easy to get from Wellesley to Nantucket and run a store. Tell me about that. 
Nantucket was our first store. We were testing the waters. We went from doing church rummage sales to a half a store in Nantucket. We had a friend who wanted to rent out half of her store. So we said, let's do it. Let's just try it. Let's just bite the bullet and let's go for it. And it wasn't a big commitment because, again, we're talking a seasonal store. We were Mm going to give our three months to it. We're going to whatever the stuff we were carrying around in suitcases to the church rummage sale, we were going to now put in a store. Mm -hmm. It felt like an easy commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a baby step. Mm -hmm. And we could test the water, see how it went. Yeah, and move on from there. Yeah. And it's not easy. Nantucket is the dream island. But when you work there, it is not a dream. There <laughs> it are, actually is very difficult. Uh, running a store is hard enough. Running a store in a seasonal place that's not easy to get to, that you have to rehire every year, you have to retrain every year, you re-merchandise, you bring all new merchandise in, you take it all out, mm-hmm. you get it on the boat, you have to get housing. You very much love hate with Nantucket because we do love the island. We love the shops there. We love mm-hmm. the people there. It's a beautiful place. And I know that our customers feel that way too. It is tricky to have a business there. Even after 11 seasons, some years are easier than others, but Mm. predictability doesn't seem to exist. Mm. You know, you were talking about the hard stuff. And that leads me to my next question, which has to do with entrepreneurship. It takes a special kind of person Mm. to be an entrepreneur. How do you describe it? What's been Mm. the hardest part of Mm. entrepreneurship? It isn't easy. I think about when we first started and how green we were, how much we've grown as saleswoman, as businesswoman, as customer service relationship, we do everything that involves the brick and mortar store and our online store. You don't sleep. You um, both look pretty good for people who don't sleep, <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you. And you worry. At least I do. I uh-huh. worry a lot. And then I worry and then I call my sister Alexis and explain my worry to her. And then we talk it out. We have a relationship that is hashing out everything. When Alexis is maybe high energy, I can be low and vice versa. So we feed off of each other. There's we help n- lift the other one up if there's a yeah, down, you know? Yeah, for sure. And we can talk out our problems and our situations really nicely. Because at the end of the day, we need to resolve the problems mm-hmm. um, and resolve them quickly. Mm-hmm. If we see something going in the wrong direction, we need to correct it. And I'd say even when things are going really well, we're also worried because how do we maintain this? How do right? we sustain mm-hmm. it? How do we stay current and relevant and what is the new trend or what is the new way of marketing even? Mm-hmm. You know, is it social media? Is it email? Do we put an ad in a newspaper? How do we get people's attention? To the question of what is a big challenge, I think one of the things that we struggle with a lot is expansion. We have wanted to expand. We look at leases. We have them in our hands. Part of it is how do we maintain the level of customer service of what Isabel Harvey means. How do we maintain that with store three, four, five, six, ten? We don't want to give anybody a diet version of Isabel Harvey because that's, I think, what makes us successful because we're so close to the business because of the way that the business is run. We want to be part Mm. of it on a day-to-day and you can't be that when you have 10 stores. Mm. You know, you were talking about your relationship and how sometimes you have to balance each other out and that would be my next question. How does the partnership work? Mm. Do you each have separate skills that you bring to the table? Yeah, we do. We have separate skills and we know what our what our strengths <laughs> we know what our strengths are. Our weaknesses. And we know what our weaknesses are. Alexis will say, This is your wheelhouse. Go do it. I'm on it. These things as we work together, you evolve and you discover what your strengths are and and then you become stronger in that because that becomes sort of your role. Mm-hmm. But we have a good balance because I certainly couldn't run this business by myself. It takes someone at least who cares as as much, but Mm -hmm. also can do the things that I can't do. Mm -hmm. And uh, the trust that we have 
everyone has the best intentions mm-hmm. when things get done. Mm-hmm. 2019 is an interesting time for marketing because there's an entire new generation of people who are really much more online. They're on their phones, and that's how they find out about things that they love. And then you have an older group of women who might still look at a newspaper, read a magazine. Mm -hmm. What do you do in 2019? How do you find your clientele? How do you tell them about who you are? Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of TechHelpBoston, with the reasons why. It's really about forging a relationship and having a trusting relationship because your technology is very personal to you. It used to be in the old days that things were private. When you're online, nothing is private anymore. And we want to make sure that that information is kept confidential and with somebody that you trust and you feel comfortable with. You can trust TechHelpBoston.com to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit techhelpboston.com. That's techhelpboston.com. Well, we've tried everything. And, and we changes. literally do try everything. We did, a, we did a radio ad once. We did a couple newspaper ads. And we tried to make them trackable in a way so that we could see the return on them, Mm -hmm. which isn't an exact science. But I think Instagram is a really great place for people that want to shop online. And it's made it a great place where if you're looking at an ad, you can now click it and buy it, which didn't used to exist on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we still use our email database. But it does. It gets really tricky. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to know what to do and how to manage it, too, because then you need someone that can post on Instagram and make sure we're current and we're posting regularly and there's things to see because that's mm-hmm. another job right there. <laughs> and following up with people that respond to Instagram, that is very tricky because sometimes we try never to let the phone ring more than once, let an email go more than an hour. But now we have Instagram. It's like, did you say, wait, what? Huh? I didn't see I that. Didn't that see was it. from Thursday. That was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so. We used to talk a lot about balancing work and family until I think as women, we all realized that there really is no such thing as balance and something always has to give. So my question to you as entrepreneurs and as sisters is how do you balance these two businesses and your own family lives? Mm. I will say one of the wonderful things about Isabel Harvey is when Alexis wants to go to Florida, Alexis, go, we'll figure it out. If I want to go to Cape Cod for the month, not a month. That's not happening. Kimberly, you're not going for a month, just so you know. I saw the the look on her face. (laughs) But for a week, we'll figure it out. Just go. We can cover each other in spades. She has a rehearsal for the Christmas pageant, just go. For the <laughs> These kids. are things that don't exist. <laughs> um, if, well, I thought I saw something in the calendar for uh, Christmas sing-along. Oh, the sing-along, yes. <laughs> because we've had the business in Wellesley for as long as we have, we are very good at managing it. And if we have That's to work true. the weekends, if we have a hole in the schedule, usually we find somewhere else to take it. We'll make sure that we each get our, our moments. And you know, sometimes we work more than we should, but sometimes we take more vacation than most people would. We just balance it the best we can and because it is very important. You know, one of the things that I noticed when I walked into your store was there was a lot of customer loyalty. While my daughter and I were there shopping, there were a few women who came in who you knew by name, who were obviously loyal customers. And you are also in business in your own hometown. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to guess that people knew of you and wanted to support you. Is that true? Certainly. I think, you know, when we opened up, it was definitely we had a lot of local support and people like to see 
people from the town mm-hmm. succeeding in the town and doing things mm-hmm. for the town. We involve ourselves also in a lot of charities, the high schools and the elementary schools, the local free library. We do breast cancer with the Ellie Fund, St. Jude's. We never refuse a donation request, but we also try and go above and beyond and host fundraisers, make donations and do other things like that. What do you wish you knew when you first got started with Isabel Harvey? Everything can be fixed. If we have a bad experience, we can fix it. We have the muscle to do it in terms of brain power and plugging away. Anything that happens, really, we can, we can work around together. Mm-hmm. Any event we go to for like a St. Jude's or an elephant, we always go together. And we always make sure we go together because we're stronger together. If we're just one woman It doesn't feel as powerful anymore, (laughs) but two of us can really make a statement. Mm -hmm. You were both named to the Boston Globe's 25 Most Stylish Bostonians list. What is your personal style? How do you like to describe it? Of course, I have little kids right now, so I'm like in this comfort mode. I like things to look sort of sporty, but comfortable, but it has to have a flair to it, you know, like a big scarf or... Uh, maybe a cowboy boot or a big belt, you know, but in the end, it has to be comfortable and you have to be able to wash in the machine. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be able to get it on very quickly. Yes, yes, exactly. So that is true. You know, know, I'm really observing a lot of love between the two of you. Yeah, absolutely. Where does that come from? That loyalty that you have for one another? Is it part of being raised by a single mom? Is it a lesson from your grandmother? Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about? The love you have between the two of you. I honestly think it's from our mother. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, when we were little, I, I mean, this rings in my ears constantly. Be nice to your sister. It's the only sister you have. It's when the you only- get older, you're going to be best friends. You know, Kim and I are six years apart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're six and 12, that's a big difference in growing up. But when we got to an age, college age and, and after, we started seeing each other as peers. And I think that's Mm -hmm. when our relationship really blossomed and we Mm -hmm. became friends. And I remember thinking, oh, she's kind of funny. Like she's this (laughs) thing. And I get, and oh, she's got a funny sense of humor. You know, and and I think I want to hang around with her a little bit more. (laughs) And so, you know, we sit at a desk together. It's basically one desk and we face each other. This is every single day. And we laugh and we have a really wonderful time. And we have a really nice group of people that work at the store. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to say our bookkeeper, Lori, she sits in the same room with us. She listens to the good and the bad and the ups (laughs) and the downs. And she is really supportive and really fun and, you know, Mm -hmm. offers good advice. And, you know, we have a good group of people Mm -hmm. around us. And I think that makes us a good team. Let's say that there's a a woman out there who's listening to our show today. She's got an idea for a little business. Mm -hmm. She just hasn't taken that step. Mm. You know, what do you say to her? What's your best advice to somebody who's got the idea swirling around in their head, but they haven't put it down on paper yet, Mm -hmm. which I think is very important? I always think there's never really a right time to do things. So there's always going to be, you can always find a reason not to do something. So if you can get up the strength, even if you can have someone that will encourage you and say, do it, just try it. What's the worst that could happen? And if that worst case scenario isn't so bad or something you can overcome, Just try it in a small piece of it, a bite of it. Just try it it. and see how you feel. Where does the sparkle and shine come from? 
from when we were in our office face to face for eight hours, nine hours. <laughs> oh, you look so sparkly. sparkly. Oh, and we start interviewing people and we say, she's really sparkly. We need to hire her. You know, it became this trait that we were chasing. You yeah. know, everybody wants to be sparkly. Has yes. there ever been a time during your business experience together since 2005 that you felt like throwing in the towel and one of you had to turn around and say, no, 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 no. We got to keep on going. I mean, we've had some tough moments. We've had tough but moments, I've never but wanted never. to throw in the towel. I mean, we've had disagreements in terms of tough moments. And we've had hard lessons. They were hard to kind of get through and get over. But I never, ever wanted to throw never in the towel. Never considered it. What happens is you kind of go along. You get so knee deep. It's like there's no turning back now anyway. So <laughs> what, what on I'm, earth would we do? What, I feel blessed to have this job that I have with my sister mm -hmm. uh, creating this business. Everyone says, yeah, but you're the boss. Take time off. I said, I'm not the boss. I have 5,000 email customers. My, all my customers are my boss. Mm -hmm. You know, they right. tell me what to do. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? When there's an obstacle, we talk about it. We get advice. We bounce it off even a third person, usually our mother. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that everything that we do has been well thought out. We want to be considerate and fair. When there is an issue, we want to address it in the best way that we can. Mm -hmm. We don't shoot from the hip. We sleep on it. We talk about it. And Damn. then we address it. Let's flash forward 10 years from now. What would be your greatest joy and hope for Isabel Harvey? I hope we are successful 10 years from now. I hope we love it as much as we do now. Mm -hmm. I hope that we're all healthy and we can still Mm -hmm. Go up and down the stairs and, you know, all that other good stuff. Yeah, I'm not that old, though. God forbid I'm not healthy in 10 years. Um, it, whenever we open or close the store in Nantucket, usually we fill these suitcases with product, take it over on the ferry, roll the suitcases on, roll yeah. them off. And every time we are done with that project, I say, Alexis, I don't know how many more years I have in me. This is exhausting. And then we'll see, we'll go to a trade show and we'll see these two little old ladies walking with canes and we're like, oh. That's us. <laughs> People measure success in so many different ways, and they do it in different chapters in their lives. If I'd asked you this question 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you'd probably have a different answer. What does success mean to you right now? Being able to work with my sister is extremely successful to me. And being able to have that partnership, I have to say our sales team at Isabel Harvey, I feel so blessed to have every single one of them working side by side, that is success to me for sure. And <laughs> having you walk into our store, that was very exciting for us and that was successful. I mean, mm -hmm. I felt so flattered and honored to be part of this today. Mm -hmm. That is success for us. You know what though? The story that you guys shared today with women all around the world about what success means to you and what this journey has been like, and in particular, what it's like to do something special like this with your sister has been a great story for everybody to hear today. And for those of you who are listening to the show from anywhere around the world, just check out their website, isabelharvey.com. I want to say thank you so much to Kimberly and to Alexis Kassam this week on The Story Behind Her Success. Thanks for listening to The Story Behind Her Success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. 
Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, candyoterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?